everybody. I'm Jake. That's Will. It is February 13th. A couple days after the Super Bowl today, we'll be doing some big game recap, some big stories, and then looking ahead to next week. Will, what you got? Yeah, it's uh, it's officially, officially basketball season now that the Super Bowl is over. So we are full steam ahead. Um, March is coming in hot. Uh, very excited. Really starting to get into what specific games need for seedings and even some bubble teams. And um, probably the biggest game maybe of this past weekend was the most interesting game. For some reason, um, in mid-February, Gonzaga traveled to Lexington to play the Wildcats. Uh, Kentucky was coming off a two-game home losing streak, really looking to bounce back against um, an underwhelming Gonzaga team from this year. And unfortunately for the Wildcat fans, uh, Kentucky was not able to pull it out. And for the first time in program history, they lost three straight home games. Yeah, this was a tough one. Uh, I I put I tweeted it out on the Statletics bet account. I really liked Kentucky in this spot. Um, there was a little bit of reverse reverse line movement there. It moved from five and a half to four and a half. Ultimately, didn't even matter. Gonzaga was just going to win that thing outright. Kentucky just struggles to defend. They they seem like they can score with anybody, but they can't lock anybody down and hold the lead. It seemed like for every big shot Kentucky had and all the momentum, they just couldn't maintain it and keep it up. It seemed like Gonzaga just had an answer for him at every every single time they had a little bit of momentum. But really concerning about about Kentucky losing three straight, especially at home. Maybe they'll be all right, but I don't really have much faith in them right now until they prove me different. Yeah, I think a bunch of Kentucky's issues were due to they just can't figure out lineups. Like, they have the guys, but they can't figure out who to play together. Um, I feel like Coach Cal is feeling pressure to play all those big seven-footers that they have, giving them all meaningful minutes. And that's caused, um, you know, them to have really big lineups in the game. And one obviously one of the biggest advantages to having big lineups is on the defensive end. I mean, and they're still not stopping anybody. Uh, right now they're up 14 at half on Ole Miss. Um, I did see that they started out at one point for like four or five minutes early in the game. Uh, the tallest guy they had on the court was 6'9", so maybe mixing it up a little bit, uh, playing some more of those really talented guards together. And I think that could definitely be a solution for the Wildcats going forward and into the tournament. But huge win for Gonzaga, who's currently yeah. on the bubble. Um, Gonzaga really needs to pretty much win out, including another win or a, a first win over St. Mary's um, to get in the tournament. Uh, they could probably drop one or two, but they really need the win when they play St. Mary's here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I think they make it regardless. They they're they're a solid team, and they're. I feel like the selection committee gives the benefit of the doubt to to teams like Gonzaga that just have a a storied past. It's kind of like when UCLA was down for the past, for those couple of years before they made a deep run or two. It seemed like they were always in the tournament. 
they were always around. They were just never up to par with what they had been. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they even have a shot of getting in if they don't beat but, Kentucky on Saturday. I think that saved their tournament hopes, honestly. I kind of. I, I can see that. Next up, Tennessee lost to Texas A and M. This game was. It seemed like it was out of hand from the very beginning. Tennessee ended up kind of making it close at the end, but Texas A and M really had control of this one the entirety of the game. Uh, one thing that I thought was funny, <clears throat> Buzz Williams jumping out on the court, literally at the logo, trying to call a timeout and didn't receive a technical. Rick Barnes, after the game, said that, he, that if he's not going to get a technical for that, then they might just tell their players to start running over coaches that run on the court. Will, did you catch any of this game? I know you were watching some of it. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they didn't call a technical uh, on that play was insane. I mean, if you watch the clip, Buzz Williams is standing inside the tip-off circle, uh, still gesturing a timeout. So that means the whistle hadn't been blown, because if the whistle had been blown, obviously he would have calmed down. But, yeah, I mean, he was literally at midcourt calling a timeout. The fact that they didn't call a technical is insane. I think they did issue him a warning. So it's they, they acknowledged the fact that he did it, but they didn't give him a T. I don't know. It was crazy. But, I mean, this game for the Vols, I'm not putting too much weight in it. Um, they ran into a really good Texas A&M team on the road. You know, I mean, Texas A&M shot it really well. Uh Honestly, out-hustled the balls. The crowd was amped up, getting offensive rebounds. And it was just never really felt like it was super close. At the very end, Dalton Connect hit a couple threes that were some eyebrow raisers. Uh, but, yeah, it it was just a – this is one for Tennessee where you just got to burn the film and just say, hey, we ran into a good team at home when they had a great night. and. Just move on. Yeah, I agree. Continuing on in the SEC, Auburn <clears throat> killed Alabama earlier in the week and then turned around and got killed by Florida. Um, I don't really know how to, to take them. You can chalk the loss up to Florida with they, they had a big statement win at home against the rival, and Florida was a good letdown spot for them. But also, Florida played really good basketball. I mean, I don't think that that can be overlooked, how well they played. Auburn seems to to have those kind of games. They, I know the first half of the Ole Miss game, they struggled. Um, it seems like they, at some points, they don't look like they can be beat, and then at some points, they look like they shouldn't be ranked. And to me, they're kind of hard to figure out. Ever since they they stopped their winning streak, will did you? What do you think about the Auburn Tigers? Yeah, I mean, this week for Auburn exemplified the advantage that home court advantage is in college basketball. Um, you know, you figured Bama and Auburn were going to split after Bama won in Tuscaloosa, so Auburn taking care of business at home against Alabama wasn't too much of a surprise. Um, but then. Florida has been 
streaky good in spots this year, especially um, recently as of late. Uh, they're really making a push to um, get an at-large bid for the tournament. Um, but, yeah, I, again, I'm not going to put too much weight in this one for Auburn moving forward. I still think they're a really good team. I hear what you're saying. If I'm not worried about them only being good at home like I am with Kansas. I'm very worried that Kansas struggles anywhere other than Allen Fieldhouse. Um, but Auburn, I think they'll be good in the tournament. They just – Florida played great. Auburn really struggled. You just have days like that sometimes. And, I mean, I I live bet Auburn at halftime of that Florida game. I took them 10 and a half. I was like, oh, this is a steal, you know, getting Auburn to keep it within double digits. And then they ended up losing by, like, 15. So it's just more of the same in the second half. So I'd say this was more of an impressive performance from Florida than it was a disappointing performance from Auburn. Yeah. Yeah, no, Florida, whenever they can shoot, they're tough to beat. But whenever they, whenever you slow the game down and put them in half-court sets, they just really struggle. Um, but they're super athletic. They run really well, and they're a lot better than what I thought they'd be this year. So, good for them. Yes, the future's bright. Uh, moving over to the Big 12, Iowa State beat TCU. I know that you you live bet TCU threw it out on the Statletics bet account. Um, brutal beat. But yeah, Iowa State I mean, has just proven to be. It it was the same philosophy as as the it was the same philosophy as the Auburn bet, you know the home team jumped up in the first half, and the philosophy is hey you know water always finds its level if the live spread is that far away from what it was pregame you know maybe take a good team to keep it within double digits, um, so I did it twice lost both of them unfortunately, um, but yeah I again. Just Iowa State just being very, very impressive, even though they were at home. But just, I mean, are they the best team in the Big 12? They've beaten Houston. They have, um, they now have the same record as Houston in the Big 12, 8 and 3. Um, I think it's time to start talking about Iowa State in a different light. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, but we'll, we'll cover that in our next segment. But I, I completely agree. Iowa State is has has been what I think the most consistent team in the Big Twelve, and consistently won the games that you don't that they're supposed to win, and they'll they'll occasionally lose games where they'll have a good they'll play a good team away, but really they've been super consistent with beating teams who they're supposed to to beat and taking care of business, and this was this was one that I was a little bit worried about going into. Um, next game, a, a team that's trending in the wrong direction. UNC lost to Clemson this week, turns around, beats Miami with a little bit of a, of a, a late half scare at Miami. And then tonight they turned around and lost to Syracuse. Um, I know Armando and them, they were, they, they, they kind of, alluded to they didn't have the best chemistry on the team right now. But how worried are you with UNC and 
do you think that their one seed hopes are still alive? Yeah, I mean, I think the seeding will definitely be decided based on how they perform in the ACC tournament. I think even with um, the two losses, I mean, both are on the road. I think uh, you kind of chalk that up to, you know, they started out. Were you about to say something? The the Syracuse loss was – or no, the the Clemson loss was – You're right, you're UNC. right. You're right. I had that wrong. But tonight was on the road. I mean, they beat Syracuse by 36 like a month ago. So, um, I I do think they yeah, definitely still have a shot. Yeah, but I do still think they have a shot at a one seed just depending on how the tournament goes. Um, but, yeah, definitely um, not what you want to see ever since Armando Baycott said – the ACC runs through him a couple weeks ago. They've really hit a skid since then. But I just think with their experience, um, maybe this skid will end up being good for him in the long run. Uh, just to kind of wake him up and be like, you know, we're really good. We had a great start to the year, but we're not unbeatable. Yeah, I mean, that it's one of those things that doesn't age very well. But – UNC is I think they'll be fine They're, they have too many they have too much seniority on that team too much firepower to continue to play like they have been I think that they got a little bit ahead of themselves with the beating Duke and then kind of you know they had the big winning streak they lost to Georgia Tech before they beat Duke but still they they seemed like they were one of the top three teams in the country in like pretty much a separate tier than the rest of the field and they quickly came back down to earth. So I think this losing streak will be good for them. Maybe some added motivation going into the most important game uh, or most important month of the, of the year for them. So sticking on those topics though, uh, we have a couple big stories in bat in college basketball and some fraud alerts that, that I, I kind of, pointed out to Will earlier today, but a couple frauds, or I guess frauds that I might see is Kentucky, Kansas, and Wisconsin. I, I, I It's, it's kind of getting the feeling like all of these teams are not as good as their AP poll ranking and Kim Palm ranking. A lot of them tend to struggle. Kansas struggles away from home. Kentucky struggles at home. Wisconsin has lost four straight whenever they looked unbelievable. Um, Will, how concerned are you about these three teams, and do you think that all three deserve to be on fry alert, or do you think that one of them is more justified than another? Yeah, I mean, I, I we've talked about this some. I am still not a believer in Kansas. and They dominate at Allen Fieldhouse and then struggle pretty much everywhere else. With Wisconsin, they really, like, haven't had that many good wins. I know they've looked good, obviously, throughout the season, except for the past four games. But they beat Marquette back in December. And they beat they beat Michigan State twice, which those are three, three good wins. But, I mean, they lost to Tennessee. They lost to Arizona. Like, 
besides Marquette and Michigan State, they don't really have anything to hang their hat on. So I'm not really sure where the like everybody crowning them a top ten team. I'm not I'm not really sure where that came from. Um, so yeah, I would I would say out of these three teams, even though Kentucky has lost three straight at home, I, I definitely feel the best about Kentucky figuring it out heading into the tournament. Yeah, I, I part of me wants to say that that Wisconsin ranking was only that high because they have Purdue at home and they could build that that matchup up, give it a little bit more TV ranking, say it's a top ten matchup. But because I mean, honestly, they didn't really seem like they deserved that high ranking. I mean, I know they played really well; they beat who they were supposed to beat, but they lost to Penn State, lost to Purdue, and everything seems to have been snowballing for them. I I disagree though about Kentucky. I think that I was really high on them even a week ago. I was higher on them than I am <clears throat> than I was Kansas. But now I, I think Kansas is a little bit less of a fraud than Kentucky at this point. Losing three straight at home is unacceptable. I don't really care who you are, um, especially in college basketball and. I, I might be just speaking the, about this because I'm a little bit butt hurt here. I bet on them twice during their home losing streak, so maybe I'm I just put on the clown shoes and I just keep betting Kentucky and they keep on doing bad. But I think Kansas has more more experience, obviously, in Hunter Dickinson and McCuller, but also they have some good pieces that seem to be developing later into the season with their, their freshman. I think his name is Murphy, Furphy, something like that. The shooter. I think that they have, yeah, the shooter, but they, they seem to have a a couple different pieces that that are developing a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I would take that argument and just kind of flip it back around with, Kentucky, uh, we saw, even though they lost, the second half of the Kentucky-Gonzaga game was the half of Reed Shepard. Um, it was awesome. He had, like, zero points at halftime and then ended with, like, 22 or something like that. Just went absolutely ballistic. Was making really difficult shots. Rob Dillingham continues to be impressive. And I just think they are so deep in the backcourt, if they just start relying on those guys more heavily as compared to their guys on the interior and start letting Reeves, Wagner, Shepard, and Dillingham, all of them on play, play at the same time, because they really haven't done that, um, I could see uh, big things in Kentucky's future. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I quit betting on them, they'll start winning games. <laughs> I took them tonight. And another storyline. Yeah, I, I didn't. That's all it took. Um, <laughs> another storyline is UNC. I, I know we just touched on their recent struggles, but uh, according to Armando Bacon and Harrison, why can't I Ingram. think of his name? Harrison Ingram. Um, <laughs> They've had a couple different players show up late to practice, and then they lost to Clemson at home, just lost at Syracuse too. Um, 
I, it's almost giving the feeling that they're imploding with within, with within. And I don't really know if that's due to lack of team chemistry or like we said, that they, they seem to be, I guess, thinking too highly of themselves. But how concerned are you that they might have issues that seem like they are not correctable internally? Yeah, I mean, I feel like in situations where you hear there's conflict in the locker room, you really look for two things. One is how will the coach handle it, and two, are there experienced leaders in the locker room to rally everybody together and get everybody to move past it? And I think North Carolina has both those. Um Hubert Davis has done an exceptional job this year. He's been one of the best coaches in the country, in my opinion. And then, obviously, South Carolina or North Carolina has a ton of experience in that locker room, led by R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott. Um, I think whatever conflict is causing them trouble, they'll get past it. Um, and I think their talent and experience will shine as um, the season draws to a close. I hope so. But them losing at Syracuse too is very concerning. Syracuse is terrible. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. are so bad. No, that's really bad. It's so really I, bad. I mean, I know Syracuse has lost like, or won a couple games that they probably shouldn't have won, but they are, they're pretty hard to watch. And the fact that UNC couldn't just at least out athlete them, they don't even have to play together, but to beat a Syracuse team that is one of the worst teams in the ACC is is pretty bad. So, I well, don't you know. also I, have to I, remember, I mean, yeah, you got to remember. Two weeks ago, we were talking about how Tier One A of the country is UConn, Purdue, and North Carolina. Now that group has dwindled to just Purdue and UConn as ahead and shoulders above everybody else. But North Carolina just hasn't had enough time, played enough games to be able to fall off that much, in my opinion. Like, that team from two weeks ago who had went on a month-and-a-half-long winning streak or whatever it was, like, they're they're still that same team. So um, I think whatever they're going through right now, they'll get through it and still either probably at worst be a two or three seed and make some noise in the tournament. Maybe, maybe so. Um, I know we already touched on this as them possibly being frauds, but what do you think the likelihood is of Kentucky and, and or Wisconsin missing the NCAA play or NCAA tournament? I mean, I think they'll both definitely be in. Um, I, I, I see that, you know, we're talking about this. And I mean, obviously that might not be true, um, I was looking at the first bracket, bracketology that Joe Lenardi put out on ESPN. And right now he has Wisconsin as a four and Kentucky as a six. Um, still not really sure exactly why Wisconsin is ranked so high. So I would say that just due to the schedules, if I had to pick one to miss the tournament, it would probably be Kentucky just because the SEC um, – is much better competition this year than the Big Ten. But, no, I still think 
both Kentucky and Wisconsin will be in the tournament, and I think they'll both be top five seeds. Let me give you another one. Do you think that Virginia, after starting off so bad, <laughs> do you think that they will end the year ranked higher or lower than Kentucky? That's a tough one. Uh, Virginia did lose tonight to Pitt at home, which is not what they wanted. I, they hadn't lost okay, a game at home, that. and they hadn't lost a game at home all year. I think that streak goes back to a good portion of last year, too. I, I saw something on um, social media about it the other day. I don't remember exactly what it was. But I, that definitely throws a wrench into things for Virginia. Um Early on in the year, they were just struggling to score, and they were relying on their identity of defense, and it wasn't paying off. They just were straight up getting outshot, um, and it looks like that happened again tonight. They lost by 11 to Pittsburgh at home. They only scored 63 points, and I just don't think that model is sustainable um, in the tournament if you – don't have the capability every now and then going out and scoring, you know, 90, 95 points. So you're taking Kentucky to finish the year higher than Virginia? Yes. I forgot that was your question. I just started talking about Virginia. Yes, I think. I'm still a Kentucky believer. Just because they're they're so fun to watch, and Virginia's so not fun to maybe watch. So maybe maybe that's just it. Good was for. I mean, nah, that's completely fair. Virginia, sixty three points. I'm surprised that they lost because that's like an offensive explosion for them. It seems like. <laughs> um. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it could go either way for me. Virginia is a very difficult watch. They're like watching Iowa football offense just repetitively. <laughs> they're they're like Houston so, and Iowa State, but not fun. Like Houston and Iowa State kind of have that same mentality of just playing super hard on defense, just really good on-ball pressure all the time, not even having to help that much. But Houston and Iowa State are like – fun and athletic and like get out in transition. They don't score that much, but they have the ability to, and they have when they needed to. And it just kind of feels like Virginia just wants to play defense and slow it down, not get out and run at all. But yeah, uh, I definitely think Kentucky will finish uh, the season ranked higher. I'm glad you brought up Iowa state because uh, a couple weeks back, I, saw, I called a Iowa State a poor man's Houston, and that has aged super poorly. I'm I'm under the belief at this point in time that Iowa State is the best team in the Big 12. And I, I think that it's almost – you can make the argument for Houston, but Iowa State beat them straight up. I mean, I know it was at home, but Iowa State has been – Extremely solid. They've lost some tough road games, but so has everybody else. But they seem to surprise some teams, play very, play very close, even in tough environments. I love them. I think that I think they have a real possibility making a deep run in March. 
do you agree that they're the best team in the Big 12? Or do you like another team better? I would assume, I would assume Houston. I, I don't really know who else. Yeah, I mean, pick. right now it would be tough to say anybody other than Houston. Um, I am very excited about that game. I think it's next week at some point. Uh, Iowa State goes to Houston. That will be a really fun one to watch. Got to think they'll probably split. Iowa State beat them at home. It's going to be tough to beat them twice, especially on the road. Um, but I, I was looking at the schedules. Both teams' hardest game for the rest of the year is each other. But I think Iowa State's remaining schedule is probably easier than Houston's because Houston has both Baylor and Kansas left to play in addition to Iowa State. Um, After Houston, Ohio State has West Virginia, Oklahoma, Central Florida, BYU, and Kansas State. So probably the best team they play there is BYU. So not having to play Baylor or Kansas for the rest of the year. I don't know what the odds are right now on Iowa State Big 12 regular season champion, but I'm probably going to go look at, look at it when we're done with this and probably bet on it if it's plus odds. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate that play. I think it is funny just that Texas, that Kansas has played one good game against Baylor that I think is overrated in general. And then they jump up all the way to number six, and then Texas Tech beats them by 29. So I, I do think it's laughable that Houston and Iowa State are are still compared to Kansas at this point. Um, I still like Kansas. Don't get me wrong, but I think that Iowa State and Houston seem to be on a different level. Yeah, and so Kansas plays Houston. Because I also Kansas plays Houston in the last game, both their last Big 12 games of the year, and it's at Houston. So, I mean – I mentioned that like it was going to be a problem, maybe a speed bump for Houston, but I take it back since it's since it's at Houston. I firmly believe the Cougars will take care of the Jayhawks, who have not been very good on the road. Yeah. Moving on, this is kind of like a halfway look-ahead spot. Also, halfway um, kind of question. So, South Carolina goes at Auburn on Saturday. And what kind of shapes up to be one of the biggest games on Saturday, oddly enough, is low-ranked. Low and South Carolina was picked to finish out in the SEC. But you know, I see it. I see here you have them down – for to have some sort of skid coming up. Do you think that South Carolina is going to lose a couple straight? I assume you like Auburn in this one. They have a very tough remaining schedule. They're at Auburn and then at home against LSU, then at Ole Miss, at Texas A&M, then they have Florida and Tennessee at home, and then they finish out the year um, at Mississippi State. You know, I th- I think they're going to be happy if they win three of these games. Like you win, you win, you beat LSU, you beat Florida, 
those are the two that you have to win for South Carolina because they're both at home. I mean, you're going to struggle to beat Tennessee twice, even though you get them at home again. Mississippi State has been great. Texas A&M has been great. I mean, I, I seriously think out of their remaining seven games, if they win three, they'll be they'll be pretty pleased um, heading into the SEC tournament. So, um, as good as South Carolina has been, um, it's about to be a lot more difficult to continue the trend that they're on. Um, I misspoke. That game's tomorrow, not Saturday. But I, I guess I would have liked South Carolina a lot in this this game just because I think they've been underrated all year. They've used that as motivation. They've beaten quality opponents and have some really good wins. But catching Auburn, especially Auburn coming off such a bad loss at Florida, I don't think it bodes well for South Carolina. Right now our model thinks that South Carolina will lose by nine. So they have Auburn favored by nine. I I mean, I don't hate that. I could see it going either way. I don't like really truly either side, but I almost lean Auburn in this spot just because at home coming off a loss really doesn't, isn't the, the recipe for some sort of close game or upset bid in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, but I'm just interested to see like if South Carolina does continue to play this well, like right now in all the brackets and projections, like Tennessee and Auburn are the two SEC schools that are getting ranked highly. But South Carolina has better conference records and overall records than both these teams. So I think the media and the odds makers um, also see what I see, that South Carolina's back half of their conference schedule is definitely a little bit – it will probably be a little bit um, rockier than the first half. Yeah. Moving over to the Big 12, Iowa State hosts Texas Tech this weekend. And this game interested was interesting to me just because Texas Tech is coming off such a big win, beating Kansas at home by 29, like I just said. But right now the model has it as a five-and-a-half-point favorite in Iowa State's direction. If you want to know the fluctuation of home court advantage for these two teams, I put it in seeing Texas Tech as the home court. Um, and it, it said that the model had Texas Tech favored by three and a half. So wow. there's that big of a swing with home court advantage, three and a half, and then flipping the complete opposite direction, five and a half in Iowa State's direction. Um, that shows you how much weight home court advantage carries in the Big 12, especially it's proven to be the case just time after time throughout college basketball this year. Kentucky seems to be the oddity, but I'm still butthurt about that. Personally, I think that this game is going to be tight. I think five and a half is the right number, but I don't see it being a blowout in any circumstance. Texas Tech is coming off a, a fantastic win against Kansas. So do you think this game is going to end up being close, or do you think that Iowa State's going to run away with it? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. Both squads are coming off big wins. 
Um, sorry. Um, but yeah, see, it's tough because I think I like TCU more than Texas Tech and Iowa State just handled TCU at home. So I don't know why I would suspect anything different to happen in this game. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I think I'll ride the hot hand with this one and take the Cyclones to cover. Might even do a little alternate line um, to get a ticket in for them to win by double digits. But, yeah, um, Iowa State has been very impressive. Texas Tech, obviously, just beating Kansas has been as well. But um, probably going to ride with the home team and take the Cyclones. Pretty much the same exact scenario is for UConn and Marquette. And probably the biggest matchup on Saturday, UConn hosts Marquette this weekend in what should be a top five matchup in the AP poll. Currently, UConn is projected via our model as a five and a half point favorite. And it's pretty much the same scenario. If you flip it, it's a three and a half or whatever in Marquette's direction. Um, I really, really like this. I think that UConn is in an, another another tier than Marquette, even as a, a home Big East game. I don't think that this is going to be a one-possession game, a two-possession game. I think that this is going to be a five-plus point victory for the Huskies. They just seem to have something that other teams can't duplicate right now some sort of dominance that they have over the Big East. It, it's like almost every other team drops games unexpectedly, but UConn just doesn't. Um, I think they'll take care of business. I like them at home here. I think that they're just overall too big and have too much for Marquette, even with Tyler Kolick and the rest of the Marquette guys. But what do you I think? Don't, you think that I don't, Marquette has any chance? I don't disagree with anything that you said. Um Last week, I had both these teams in my Final Four prediction. Obviously, Marquette um, was the more surprising choice there. Uh, Marquette hasn't lost in a month, and UConn hasn't lost in like two months. So, I think it might actually be more than two months for UConn. Now. They might not have lost since November. I know they haven't lost this calendar year, which is crazy. Last time Marquette lost was like January 15th. Um. So two teams playing really, really well right now. Um, you know, I just really like Marquette. I'm interested to see what the spread is. I think it'll probably be more than five and a half, um, which if it is, I'll definitely take Marquette to cover, probably sprinkle a little bit on a Marquette outright win just because, I mean, at some point UConn's got to lose, right? And if they are going to lose a regular season game again this year, uh, even though it's at home, I would say this is probably the one that gives them the best chance of losing. So, uh, yeah, I really like Marquette. Um, maybe not to win the game on Saturday, but um, I do think they'll definitely keep it close. Next game is pretty interesting. Um, Oklahoma hosts Kansas this weekend on Saturday. 
right now Oklahoma is getting killed by Baylor. I mean, absolutely murdered by about 20. Um, but they have Kansas coming in on Saturday in their next game. Kansas coming off a pretty big loss to Texas Tech. Both of these teams seem like they will be in a bounce back position if all things remain the same. Um, again, we're recording this on Tuesday night, so anything could happen, but I don't expect it to be. Right now, the model has Oklahoma favored by three points. And that was a little bit surprising to me just because of how much Oklahoma struggled in the past couple weeks. And I mean, I know Kansas has had their issues, but they're simply the more talented team in this scenario against the Oklahoma team that has been a model of inconsistency. Oh, I don't necessarily um, like And it. Kansas hasn't been a model of inconsistency? <laughs> they definitely have better players and a better coach. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, like, but, they have. They have. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm surprised that Oklahoma's favored, even with home court advantage. It surprised me a little bit. I guess that's I'm what not, I'm trying to say. If the Vegas line, if Oklahoma's getting points with the Vegas line, I'm going to hammer the money line. If it's like, I can see it right now, like Kansas is a one and a half point favorite and Oklahoma's plus 120. That will be a nuke on the money line. If they're getting Kansas points? If Kansas is favored. Oh, okay. I'll probably nuke Oklahoma either way just because Kansas isn't playing at home. And But, I mean, you're right. Yeah. They do have dudes, but they've just shown us time and time again that they're great at home and not great on the road. I just don't. I don't exactly know how I feel about Oklahoma. I mean, they've they've played pretty terribly. They barely beat Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's terrible. They lost to UCF. They lost to BYU. UCF's actually proven to be a little bit better. They beat Kansas State away from home, and that's pretty, pretty much their best win in the past. Golly. They're just not good. I mean, I I hate to say it, but they lost to Kansas, lost to Texas Tech, beat Kansas State, lost to UCF, beat BYU, lost to Oklahoma State, losing to Baylor. I just don't see it. I don't. I don't. I don't really know how I feel about that. In Kansas's last like eight games, in Kansas's last eight games, they've had four home games and four away games. They've won all four home games and lost all four away games. I hear you. I just don't. It's a simple formula with the Jayhawks this year. We need to go back to the fraud segment and put Oklahoma down as well because they're frauds. Well, I mean, you. I feel like you could say that about every team in the Big 12. Like, it's just uh, who's at home, that team's probably going to win that night. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's playing. Which, same thing with the Big East, unfortunately. And it's looking like instead of having a bunch of tournament teams, we might only have two because, like, the rest of the teams, they've just kept beating each other, and now they're, like, all in the bubble. Like, Providence, Seton Hall, um, Providence, Seton Hall, Villanova, um, St. John's, all of them are, like, teetering, like, could get in, maybe not, but all of them won't be able to because they're just going to continue playing each other down the stretch, which – 
is pretty frustrating to me because I think that conference has been the most fun this year, and I'd like to see more more of those teams in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I just I think that I think Kansas wins outright, and I know I know we'll disagree on this, but if you if 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 we are expecting to give Kansas points and Kansas will be a dog. I, I think I might hammer Kansas. We will be on opposite sides in that one. It's the battle of the fraud. But like, no, the, the reason like you can't put them in the same category just because the expectations were so different. Like, obviously people thought people were, obviously people thought Oklahoma was going to be good before the year. Like I'm not saying that, but Kansas getting the biggest transfer in the country. Kind of. I mean, the the expectations for Kansas were definitely bigger than they were for Oklahoma before the season. Can you agree with that? No, I, I agree. I agree. So I'm just saying yeah. I, I wouldn't throw around the fraud label as freely as you are when – a team is kind of performing not exactly to expectations, but like a really good conference. They have some good wins. They have some bad losses. Whereas with Kansas, we really expected them to be at the top of the conference and they're just not. I mean, I agree to an extent. I think that they're both frauds in their own right. Is that fair? Kansas was sure. like a point favorite at Kansas State. I think Texas Tech was a bit of a surprise, but the line was a little bit tighter. Iowa State was straight up favored against them. So, I mean, if you Correctly. go by odds. And Houston was favored at Kansas, and they and Kansas beat them. So, if you're just going by, like, Games that you're favored to win. I am more surprised that Oklahoma's been losing as much compared to Kansas. Fair. But, um, this is interesting. Auburn is, is hosting Kentucky later this week on Saturday after Auburn. Auburn has a tough stretch, but ending it off with Kentucky – Kentucky, their struggles have been well-documented up to this point in the show. Um, Right now, the model has Auburn as a six-point favorite around their 5.8 favorite. I can't disagree with that number. Really, I I think that Kentucky, in some way, they play better when they're not at home. Or they've kind of proven that to be the case. And Auburn's play better whenever they are at home. So I could see it going either way in this scenario. Yeah. Um, especially I'm with, after Auburn plays South Carolina. I'm with you 100%. This is a don't bet on it game. Um, but definitely watch it. This is one that you won't even need to have a stake in it to, to enjoy. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely excited to watch this one. Um I don't think it'll be – Ken Palm has this game as a 10-point win for Auburn. I don't think it'll be a double-digit win, especially if um, 
Kentucky continues to take care of business against Ole Miss. Um, hopefully they can find their stride. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm just gonna stay away and enjoy the game. Stay away from the gambling, but enjoy. Just watch the game. We need to do that more often. <laughs> We'd have more money. But. Yeah. Um, if you follow Statletics underscore bets, um, we will put out picks that we're taking. Um, if you see one from me, uh, don't take it because it's probably going to lose. Um, trying to get back to 500 tonight. Um, but yeah, Statletics underscore bets on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. All right. Good show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will continue on next week at the regular time, Sunday nights. Probably gets uploaded on Monday.